Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the War Porn Podcast. Not a whole lot of housekeeping notes today. Just wanted to let you know that this is part one of a two-part episode about The Mandalorian. Uh, We're going to be dropping the other episode soon, maybe before Monday, uh, if that happens. Because who knows? I am Chaos Incarnate. Uh, We did just drop Mad Max Fury Road on the Patreon. I told you I would do it, and it has now been done. So... Uh, literally no one was getting on me about this, but I am still gonna act like you were. It's done. I did it. Happy now? Good. Wonderful. I should have thought about what I was gonna say before I started this. Anyway, uh, we also have an exclusive interview with Jake Cannavale on the, who played Toro Calican on The Mandalorian, which we recorded right before this episode, which you're gonna hear all about because we talked about it in the episode, but if you wanna see Either that or Mad Max Fury Road. Give us $3 at www.patreon.com backslash warporn. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, Send us an email if you have any suggestions for further episodes or stuff you want to see. And uh, yeah, thank you for supporting us. And a big thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you so much for money. thank, Thank you for the money. Anyway, uh, oh, and this episode has been brought to you by our lovely editor, Zach Aries. Thank you so much, Zach. He's the best. Enjoy. This is the theme song. War porn. War porn. Song. Hello. Hey. And welcome back to yet another episode of the War Porn Podcast. I'm Gene Meyer. And I'm Patrick Lawler. And you can't tell because Zach did a wonderful job in the edit, but we just stared at each other for a weirdly for a long, long time. long fucking time. Because apparently Gene has yet to figure out how yes anding works. Oh, yeah. Well, you told me not to say yeah as much. You could have said the name of the podcast. Oh, I didn't realize we were the Beastie Boys, and we finish each other's... Sentences? Yes. Oh, I should have said sandwiches, like in the Disney movie. Frozen. This is a hot start. Yeah, this is a great start. I don't think we've ever started an episode well. No. It might be a thing of ours. I've never started anything well. I've never done... I No, because you're... Hey, when are you going to learn <laughs> to stop making erroneous noises on the edit? Literally, just... Just, you know, give it to me. You just leave... That's what you're doing. Just leave it All right. with the Okay, off. okay. But I might spill it. <laughs> Gene's trying to drink a seltzer water because he's very New York. Hal's. Uh, our new corporate sponsor, Hal's uh, New York seltzer water. Mango flavor, zero calories. All the same great taste. <laughs> Brought to you. Brought to you by... Water that's had water. a little bit of carbon injected oh, into so it. so good. Carbon dioxide, right? So rather. good, though. I'm Gene Meyer. I'm a clinical therapist. I'm Patrick Lawler. I'm a disabled veteran. I'm also a Jew. You're... And I'm non-binary. Yeah. So we're allowed... So we're allowed to use certain words. We're allowed to be offensive, but only in very specific yes. ways, which we're going to take liberally. Yeah. And we're going to find every way in which to be offensive in mm. those particular... Mm. Big time. Big I'm going to definitely wear non-binary face. Oof. I don't... Are you sure? 
Hey everyone, this week, uh, the last two weeks I guess, I rewatched and Gene watched for the first time The Mandalorian. Yes! Disney Plus exclusive Star Wars the show. The first live action Star Wars show. Yes. Um, it is a show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, I... There um, was cameras involved? I would categorize it as... A show. One might even say a moving picture. A moving picture show, yes. But not a movie. Not a movie. Because it is not a movie. Not a movie, because... Although, it's kind of like... It's cinema... Cinem- cinematic. It is... It does seem sometimes like it's shot like a movie. Yes. And other times it's shot very much like a TV show. Very much like a show. I think a lot of times it's written like a show. Yes. Episodic. It's very episodic. If you've never seen it, that's fine. I'm sure you'll get plenty out of this episode. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go watch all 16 episodes and then come back, just download this anyway. Yes. So that we get the metrics. Yes. And what we normally do here at Warporn is we break down uh, nerd culture through the lens of me being a therapist and Pat being a veteran. And so some mental health comes into play, some military stuff comes into play. And then we just kind of make fun of each other. We sure do. And then we decide if it's war porn or not. Meaning, is it like really propaganda? Okay, now you need to yes and me. (laughs) We look at, a lot of what we like to look at are like the battle scenes Mm -hmm. or just the portrayal of military or or mental health or trauma or anything like that. And see if it's in the vein of, of a, what's the one where they storm Normandy? Saving Private Ryan? Is it in the vein of like, this is what it was like? Or is it is it cool for cool sake? Mm-hmm. Is it Legolas sliding on a shield down the, the stairs of Helm's Deep, firing arrow after oh. arrow? Which, oh. where does it fall on the scale yes. of um, The Hobbit versus yeah. Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. So we watched all 16 episodes. episodes. We just saw season two finale it today. It came out this morning. It sure did. I watched it at 3 a.m. because I'm always awake. Wow. I didn't actually get a chance to rewatch all of season two, but I just watched it for the first time like last week or whatever. So I feel like it'll be fine. Uh, really yeah. reducing the standards here at the War Porn Podcast. Yeah, I uh, so I basically I watched this entire series in the past week, week and a half, and I will say this: that as a huge Star Wars fan growing up, I had become really jaded and disinterested, especially with this last sequel trilogy, to the point where I was just like, I don't really think I'm a fan of this anymore. Oh, no. no. That's why when The Mandalorian came out, I was just sort of like, no, I think I'm done with that. And then I heard all these people were raving about it. And finally, Pat convinced me to watch it. And it is so good. It is so good. And I texted you this. It reminded me of why I loved this as a kid. And it brought me back to... When I was a kid and you would watch like Empire or Return of the Jedi and like you're just so invested and it was so cool and there was nothing about it was annoying or stupid. And there were times where I watched this show and I was just laugh, not because it was funny, but I was just like, I am enjoying this so much. Like, <laughs> this is so amazing. I 
really enjoy this show. I mean, I really liked The Last Jedi, so I was still, like, on board with Star Wars. This came out between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I know that Baby Yoda uses Force Heal first, canonically, before they had it in Rise of Skywalker. So I know that episode came out, like, maybe the day before, and maybe the finale was after. I didn't love Rise of Skywalker, so it was weird for me being like, the Mandalorian is so good. And then the Rise of Skywalker came out and I was like, ah, oh, this is a punch to the gut. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently also rewatched parts of Rise of Skywalker and uh, that shit sucks. <laughs> I was trying to be a little more delicate. No, I don't. That shit just sucks. It sucks. I also hated The Last Jedi. I hated that. More than any movie I've seen in my entire life. I would have walked out if I wasn't with my younger sister. And I'll be honest, I also hated The Force Awakens. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is okay. But then I thought about it afterwards. I, there's just nothing, like, original. I felt like this new sequel trilogy was just, hey, remember this? Remember the Millennium Falcon? Huh? Remember how that used to make you feel? If you want to hear our very exhaustive history with star wars go watch our rogue one episode mm-hmm. where we spend like the first 30 minutes going into it i don't want to rehash it here because yeah. we have like 16 episodes to vaguely go through i don't think we're gonna do the usual where we go like scene by scene because that oh, would be obnoxious really? you want to go scene by scene i for thought this 16... was gonna be like a 12 hour episode all right here we go <laughs> buckle up opening shot episode one so it starts In 1976, (laughs) with a dream. Yes. So, The Mandalorian, it was like announced, they were like, we're going to do a Mandalorian show. And everybody was like, it's going to be Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a Boba Fett show. And then they showed us some teasers, and everyone was like, that is not Boba Fett. It is a different guy. We got the first episode, uh, November 12th, 2019. The Mandalorian, played by Pedro Pascal Mm -hmm. of Game of Thrones fame he was also in uh kingsman 2 did you ever see the kingsman series no i did not i think you'd like it it's hyper violent really yeah it's like uh james bond kind of like a parody of james bond it might be its own comic book they're like super spies but they're like professional gentlemen and it's like a lot of violence like a lot of okay a lot of shooting and gore all right but it's like funny i don't i don't know if i'm selling them well no, I you're think, not. Thanks. You'd, you'd <laughs> like them. Uh, but he was in the second one. He has like an electric whip that decapitates people. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and yeah, and he played the guy on Game of Thrones who got his head crushed by... Because he didn't want to wear a helmet. Yeah. And now he never takes it off. You watch Game of Thrones, right? I watched the first four seasons. And then when they ran out of books, I ran out of patience. Yeah. Uh, I kind of did the same thing. But he was... He was, um... Oh, the guy from Dorne? I don't remember. I don't remember anyone from Dorne. You know what? It doesn't matter. The Mandalorian. That's what we're here to talk about. He fights the mountain. The mountain. He gets his head crushed. He does get his head crushed. Yeah. Because he refused to wear a helmet. It was like a plot point. They're like, you should wear a helmet. And he's like, I never wear a helmet. And then then he died. Yeah. And now he never takes it off. Yeah, ironically. I had to say that twice before you acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. This show... I think was a reaction to The Last Jedi because the fans got really loud and like 
we hate this, love it or hate it, regardless of your stance on The Last Jedi, everyone can agree that Star Wars fans are the worst, Mm -hmm. and that nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans, as as the saying goes. And the fans were really mad, and then Disney was like, Jon Favreau, everything you touch turns into a cinematic universe. You made Iron Man with a box of scraps in the desert. Famously, a movie that had, like, little to no script. Oh, really? Yeah. Supposedly, like, when they were shooting it, they had very little script. And a lot of it was, like, improvised. I don't know, like, how much of that is true or just, like, a cool story. But a lot of it sounds like it was, like, Jon Favreau just, like, cobbled together the Marvel Universe. Well, of course, with the help of, uh, what's his name? The big head honcho at Marvel. That guy that runs everything. Stan Lee? No, he's, uh, uh... Jack Kirby. No. Spider-Man. God damn it, I hate you. Malaria. (laughs) 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 Oh, whatever. It'll come to me and I will yell it later. Maybe someone in the chat can inform me. Yeah, yeah. Who's the head honcho at Marvel Studios? He's the one that's... Was it, like, Avi Arred? No, he... (sighs) This is great. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Was he like an illustrator? He's the producer. No, he's like a producer that became Brian Ellis. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. This is extremely important for for this episode. To understand the Mandalorian, you need to know who read Marvel. Kevin Feige. I don't I don't You don't know who Kevin Feige is? What do you hate fun? Yes. Anyway, Kevin Feige is in largely it seems to be the same position as like Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni was he did Rebels and I think Clone Wars. Okay. Were the animated shows mm-hmm. that like expanded the Star Wars canon. He, I think, was largely responsible for like Ahsoka. Although George Lucas, I think, was like, I want Anakin to have a young okay. female Padawan. He invented all these other characters, I think, like Bo-Katan, who we run into. Ooh, yeah. And, and etc. So this series, they were like, we want to do a Western, back to its roots, Star Wars, full props, everything's real. And Disney was like, yeah, here's all the money. Yep. Because these are some expensive ass, it's like a hundred million dollar budgets and shit. Per episode? Uh, it's 15 million per episode. Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Damn. So, uh, before this, we recorded an interview with my friend Jake Cannavale, who played... <laughs> I, I don't Toro wanna... Calican. I do not want to work with you anymore. <laughs> you, you're like, yeah, just before this. <laughs> okay, we have a Patreon exclusive. We recorded my friend Jake Cannavale played Toro Calican. He's in, in episode five, The Gunslinger. The Gunslinger. He's the young bounty hunter who betrays... Uh, Mando. I don't know Mando's real name. It's, it's Din Devarin. Okay, I'm Jin. just going to call him Mando. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and he gave us a lot of great insight. He talked about working with Dave Maloney, John Favreau. <laughs> I, I just, everything that you say is just John Favreau. He's got one of those last names, like Brett Favreau. Like, how the fuck do I say that? It's John Favreau. John Favreau? If you're listening, John, I know your name, and you should hire me to be in yeah. the Star War. You could be a military consultant. I could, or you could... I'm also a very good actor, so please let yeah, me be I, in... Yeah, but I'm thinking more of the military consultant. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you taking this from me? You know, I mean, they have pl- plenty of actors. His name is Din... Ja- I can't, because it's a DJ. Oh, it's, it's like Din Jafavro. A- <laughs> <laughs> Would you look at that? Mr. Why can't you just pronounce Favro? Can't even pronounce Din Jarin. 
The D is you've silent. You've never been more cough. You, you're like, you've got this like... I'm sorry, I'm sick. Are, do you have it? No, I'm not sick. I just needed an excuse. So they crafted a show which would largely follow a similar plot to a Western. The lone gunslinger comes into town, solves a problem, leaves said town. That's what the show is. Absolutely. Absolutely. A little bit less in season two where it's... A more of a an overarching plot. Yes. But for most of the first season, it's Mando shows up somewhere. Someone's like, hey, do this job for me. Mm-hmm. And then he does. And then he, he leaves. So, yeah, let's go right into it. The first episode, we open on, like, a icy planet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he goes into a bar, and he just starts fucking shit up. Wait, wait, I thought, are, are we going to do, like, full breakdowns of each episode? I figure we could go, like, the large... Okay. Overarching. This is like introducing him. He's got his like makeshift armor. So he's got his shiny Beskar helmet. That's like the one nice thing he has. And then everything else looks like crap. Mm-hmm. And he's there. He captures a bounty of the blue fish guy. And this I liked because it immediately introduced this idea that like the supporting characters are often going to be comedians mm-hmm. and like funny. Who's the blue fish guy? I don't know. Let me look him up. You keep talking. In order to get... <laughs> it literally it says... Horatio Sands! Yeah. Dude, and good look... for him, man. And he's he's just so... Go- it's such a goofy character. Yeah, he's, he's like... He's this putz. He's like a putz. <laughs> and I like that he's just like, so uh... He's got a bathroom in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He tries to escape the Mandalorian ship. Oh, and they get a a taxi ride from Brian Posehn, Mm -hmm. which is great. And then he dies a really... (laughs) A really gruesome death. Yeah. And it immediately introduces this, like... I don't know if it's, like, an obvious facet of Star Wars, but, like, creatures. Yeah, I was gonna say... Um, all the movies have, like, a monster. space monsters. Like, just look at A New Hope, and you've got all the dobacks, mm-hmm. and, the, and then they fight the tentacle monster. Yeah, this show as a whole, I notice, especially in season two, it brings back the monster element, and I like it. I didn't realize what a big part of Star Wars that was, but it, it really is. Oh, yeah, I mean, look at every... Just in the, the main trilogy, You've got like the Wampa and the Tauntauns in episode uh, five, and then you've got the Space Worm. Yep. Um, and then in episode six, you've got the Rancor the s- and the then the Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Anytime he goes to Dagobah, there's mm-hmm. just like shit going yeah, around in the background. The there's like the Swamp Dragon that eats R2, and those I... spiders from season two were originally Dagobah monsters. Oh, really? The ice spiders, yeah. Nice. So uh, he he fights like a. Like a crazy squid monster in the ice. Oh, yeah. And he, he gets away and he goes to Navarro. Mm-hmm. This is like where the plot kicks off. He meets with, uh, what's his name? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Who's just like having such a good time oh, with this great. character. Because he's a recurring character on the show. So much fun. Yeah. So much fun. He's 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 just. It's he fun reminds to watch. me of Lando. Like yeah. he's very gregarious and he's well dressed. Yeah, he just he's very sure of himself. Sure. I would say. I don't know if he's like the leader or, or he's some guild. sort of big head honcho in the guild of bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. We get to learn how bounty hunters bounty hunt, and it, they get a little puck. Yeah, a fob. They get a little key fob that beeps, which um, almost immediately gets dropped. Yeah, I, I and I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know either. The fob keeps just... track of the target somehow. What the fuck? Vaccines. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> everyone in Star Wars got vaccinated. Everybody got vaccinated, and it's now that's how they they track you. Yeah. So he gets a fob. He's like, listen, this you is... gotta go get. 
Oh, no, he says, go meet with these Imperials. Yes. And, and so Mando's like, I eat cool. And he goes. That's how he speaks. Yeah. yeah. He says, I eat bet. And he goes and he meets the Imperials. I like that they were all like dirty and yeah. sandblasted. Oh, uh, it should be noted that I, I forget how it's insinuated, but this is happening basically right after the Five events. years after. Oh, oh, five years? It's been five years since Return of the Jedi. Okay. And the status of the universe is the Empire is defeated, but it still has some control over certain segments of the galaxy. But the New Republic has control of, I would say, most of the galaxy? From what I understand, the New Republic controls the Galactic Center, which is like your Coruscants and your Mm -hmm. Naboo's and your the the big upscale... And this is on the outer rim, oh. so the Imperial remnants are still operating in the outer rim. Okay. To lesser and more, I think they they kind of imply the Imperials are like completely defeated, and it's just like some holdouts until later in season two when they're like they're back. Yeah, they're yeah. back for realsies. Uh, and I I think it's very because part of why I didn't like the sequels is because they just didn't really talk about the status of the galaxy what's going on and they were immediately like everything's the same it's just rebels versus the empire blah 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 we wipe our ass with the cannon but here it's like yeah we're really gonna break down what the political situation is like and i love they reference like when the second death star blows up and they reference what effect it had and yada 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 which i think is number one first thing of how it's really well done so he goes to meet with these rebel holdouts and... Nope, Imperials. Uh, excuse me, Imperial holdouts. Their leader is Werner Herzog. Herzog. Oh my fucking God, dude. Have you... Why do you lean forward when you yell? It's, you lean back to whisper. You lean forward to yell. I, it's called performing. It's okay. The, I, you're bad at it. You're you're horrific. I'm so sorry, Zach. Have, I'm trying. Have I'm you the seen the YouTube video of Werner Herzog <laughs> reading Where's Waldo? No, but that sounds amazing. It's so he's. You know what? I can't do it justice. If you're watching or listening, just pause the episode and just watch it. It's so good. Let it be noted that Werner Herzog, while filming a scene with Baby Yoda, was enamored with the CG or with the practical puppet. And they were they filmed the scene, they had Baby Yoda, and they took Baby Yoda away, and they're like, we're gonna shoot a scene without him just in case we wanna do CGI. Mm-hmm. And he was like, You're cowards. <laughs> Leaving the baby. Where's the baby? Oh he, he literally god. called them cowards, and he was like, "Use the puppet." Oh my god! And thank God they did because it. It. I love it. What, yeah. So he he's like, "I need you to go find a fifty year old. Here's your tracking fob. Yeah. Go 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 forth. Yeah. So he does, and he goes to a Tatooine-ish looking planet, mm-hmm. and he gets attacked by a blurg. Oh yeah, yeah. Another yeah. another movie like another monster, and then um. An Ugnaught shows saves up. Saves him. Saves him. Ugnaughts, I don't, do you remember them? When uh, C-3PO gets dismantled in, in oh, Cloud City. Uh, and they're like the little oh, pig. Oh, it's those the guys. The little pig face oh. guys. They have little pig faces, right? I'm, I think so. Uh, I don't know, Patrick. It's kind of racist. It, it, how dare I? Uh, which brings us <laughs> their word. Ugnaught. Yeah, they've got like little, little pig. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Little pig faces. He didn't. The, Who did his voice? That, he actually played him. It was Nick Nolte. What? Right? What? That's Nick Nolte, baby. This this TV show is just the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it they, really is. 
So that's the other thing that really stuck out. I am correct. He played Queel. The Ugna that paid for his own freedom. Queel? Queel. It's kind of kind of close to, to Queef. Why? <laughs> I, I, I gotta see what's on my mind. Could you say it louder? It, queel. No, not that. Just in general. Kind anyway, of sounds like Queef. <laughs> I hate being alive. So that's the other thing about The Mandalorian is it pays such homage. Homage? Homage. Homage to... The details of the original movies, it's insane. Like, spoiler alert, Boba Fett shows up in season two, and he's holding the Boba Fett blaster. And, like, just the details, the props, the the dialogue. They Like, when um, Toro, he's commenting on the speeder, and Mando says, well, we're not in Corellia. And it's like, in the Star Wars universe, Corellia is known for where they build speeders. Just the the attention to detail is... I like to say that this show is the most expensive fan fiction ever made. Yes. Because it's clear that they're, like, in love with Star Wars. Uh, I mean, even in that opening shot, there was a, a Quarren, and then um, there was... Like, every race we've ever seen has been in the background. Mon Calamaris, and Rodians, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Quarrens, and... All the stuff from the new trilogy, there's yep. some aliens and it, it's it's you know and some t- frog people and talking to Jake like you know what he told us about what Favreau and John Favreau and Dave Dave Filoni Filoni like they're huge fans even the most minute details they are very well aware of. If you're a Star Wars fan, you gotta watch this shit. I agree. I mean, in this episode, it they go to at the end IG. 88 or no ig11 shows up yeah. which looks like ig88 yeah and if you read uh tales of the bounty hunters the, the only book gene has ever read yes um you know that ig88 had like four other igs i don't think this is one of them oh, okay. i think this is just like a new model okay um i get it i'm wrong no it's fine i mean it might be he might be one of the ig did you read tales of the bounty Hunter? i don't remember i've read like every legacy so star wars no. book. oh my god i didn't read the one you read it's great. The show, it's a very slow burn of a show. Mm-hmm. Beginning, we get an action scene where he fights, and then it's just him setting up, you know, get the bounty, go here. He learns how to ride a blur. A blur. A blur. There's like a long western <coughs> style, like taming a stallion. Yeah, yeah. And he's just getting thrown off of it, and the queel is like, you've got to do better. <laughs> Every episode kind of goes like this. A big setup for a shooting gallery. Yep. So that we can have a 20 minute action scene where the Mandalorian murders like a mm-hmm. hundred dudes. Mm-hmm. And in this one he goes into a town which very much felt like walking into a like an old west town. I thought it was more like a, a hideout for a bunch of bad guys. Yeah, but it, it kind of felt, didn't it feel like an old west yeah, town I mean, the, where like the with the saloon is, yeah. doors and then... Everybody's on like different levels. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes in and an IG unit shows up and starts murking everybody. And then he's like, stop it. And then the IG unit shoots him. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, let's work together. And they, they're shooting and it's hilarious because the, the IG unit's voiced by Taika Waititi. Yeah. And he keeps trying to blow himself up. He keeps being like, I cannot be captured. And then the Mando's like, no, don't blow yourself up. I don't want to die. And, oh, we get established that the Mandalorian really hates droids. Yes. 
Which was, I think, a big thing in season one, not so much in season two. Well, because the payoff with the... Yeah. So this episode, he like refuses a droid taxi service. He's like, I hate this. I hate this IG unit. Mm-hmm. I hate... He's a droid racist. He's a droidophobic. Oh, earlier in the episode, this sets up a big theme of season one. He gets paid in a brick of Beskar, which uh, is yeah. the Mandalorian version of Captain America's vibranium, mm-hmm. where it's like magical and can do anything. And in this case, it's like stupidly strong. Yes. Basically invulnerable. He gets like a little shoulder pad made. Uh, we forgot that there's a collection of Mandalorians living in the sewers. In the sewers of, of, Navarro, of Navarro. And they have a thing about you don't take your helmet off ever. You never take your helmet off and you go try to collect pieces of Beskar to build your armor better. It honestly is a like it's a, video, it's a game. video game. Here's your main character. He goes on missions to upgrade his armor and his weapons. Mm-hmm. So they fight this town. A blaster shows up, and then the Mando like jumps on the blaster can yeah. and just kills everybody. And although these aren't stormtroopers, but any of the like cannon fodder, they just get mowed down. In oh, they show. die so you know. And Disney, we were talking about this in the car ride. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too because none of the violence is like gory but like dudes are just getting mowed down they're getting mowed down i i love disney's idea that as long as you don't show blood or at least don't show blood in that scene it's totally fine in the force awakens there's several scenes where people get hit by chewbacca's bolt caster Mm -hmm. like han will shoot a stormtrooper in the chest and it like violently explodes and sends them like careening away and you're like yeah (laughs) <laughs> I know Hell that yeah. happens all the time in this show and in this show I'm just like fuck yes cause he they're like they're pinned down right the IG unit mm-hmm. and the Mando they're having their back and forth banter and it's funny and then he like whips his wrist the like, flamethrower the filament line he's got like a what would you call cable? that a cable. a cable yeah he has like a tow cable and he connects it to the the e-web and he like turns it and then he jumps on it and it's like the music is like and it's just him just and it's just hitting dudes and they're going flying and you're like yay he's murdering all of them yes and then he goes into a building to find the 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 target and we're introduced to the greatest gift we've ever received as humans Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Sweet. Innocent. Beautiful. Green, wrinkly, puppeteered Baby Yoda. I want to have a kid only if it is Baby Yoda. I don't want media anymore that doesn't involve Baby Yoda. Yeah, You know what? I I can agree with that. Godfather (laughs) 4? Baby Yoda. Ba- Baby Yoda better be in Lord it. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Requill. Yeah. Baby Yoda. Yeah, Harry Potter and the eighth installment. <laughs> Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. What? Am I wrong? They should uh, do like a remastered version of Saving Private Ryan. With Baby Yoda. Oh, with Baby Yoda. And they have it. to save Baby. It's called Saving, Saving Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. Yes. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Shot for shot, they just take out the World War II imagery and add Star Wars imagery. Oh, dude. Tom Hanks in like a snore, in a, in a <laughs> rebel, and he's got a blaster yes. and on this beach of, yes. of um, Normandy, the Star Wars planet. Yeah, Nor- Normandu. Normandu. Yes. And at the end, they save Baby Yoda. Oh, God. That's what this, that's what 
I mean, this is kind of the same story as Saving Private Ryan. Sure, it isn't, but, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so great. I, 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 <laughs> for the last several years, we have been getting in pop culture increasingly cute characters. We had Baby Groot. Yeah. We had, is that it? <laughs> wow. No. You, this gotta be more. I thought I thought I had more coming. You started like you had I started this so huge strong. I, had, I thought I did. I thought you were gonna deliver a thesis. I thought I was too. And, but and then and I, it I literally just, it just, just baby Yoda's cute. You know who else is cute? Baby, baby Groot. Groot. Baby Groot walked I, so baby Yoda could run. What? I I, I wouldn't compare the two. Oh, what about like you wouldn't? Because they're baby, both Disney. Baby Yoda is a baby the whole time. Groot. So is baby Groot in. Groot is Groot. No, they're different characters. Groot dies, and his son is Baby Groot. Guardians of the Galaxy 2's Groot is not the same Groot as Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I, I never saw Guardians 2. Oh, Baby Groot's in it. Like, the whole time. He's is, Baby. Is Baby Yoda in it? No. Then I don't care. You're right. Okay. What was I thinking? I mean, in Star Wars, I thought BB-8 was pretty adorable. I really love BB-8. BB-8 was I didn't like BB-8 in the subsequent movies, but in The Force Awakens, I was like, this is the best character. Really? I unabashedly loved The Force Awakens when it came out. What's wrong with you, dude? A lot. Yeah. I feel like there have been other baby characters, but I can't think of them. But Disney has definitely been, like, locking in on what the, like, perfect ratio is. They have, like... They have a research, like a PR Like, how team. big do we make his eyes? How do we make the how, most adorable character How, how floppy do we make his ears? But it's not only that, it's just the stuff he does. He makes, like, baby bird and also kitten noises. Mm-hmm. He, like, purrs and coos and he, like, chirps. He never cries. He never cries. But here's the thing. He's very stoic for a baby. It's confusing because he's, like, 50 years old and he understands what's going on, but he's also, like, a baby. Yes. Well, Star Wars has had cute characters in the past, but they tend to have annoying tendencies. Like the Ewoks, like Jar Jar, where it's like... You think Jar Jar was cute? He was intended to be cute. You think so? I don't think he was supposed to be cute. I think he, he was supposed to be funny. He, deep down, is the best Star Wars character. I, I loved Jar Jar <laughs> growing up. He is, I still kind of like him. He is so... I mean, Bill... <laughs> he, if it weren't for Jar Jar, we wouldn't have gotten to hear Bill Burr in a Bostonian accent yeah. being like... Misa, Misa, oh, so yeah. I forgot. You uh, said such a whatever he says, whatever his he's like you're gunging over there. You you something something, and I was like, my oh my god, god he's, I forgot about he's that. He's speaking. He's that was great. I honestly, if this series gives nothing else, getting to watch Bill Burr be racist in a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, there was a scene later where we'll get to it, but he's just like. You people. Oh, and by yeah. you people, I mean Mandalorians. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, you're just being star racist. Yeah. <laughs> and also, his name is Mayfield, and it's like, so there's a planet where people have Bostonian. Yeah! That's what, that, that's so That's funny. a real, that's just a human name, where everyone else is right? like, Django Blue Blah. And then here's, here's Mayfield. Here's Chris Mayfield. <laughs> Hey, it's, I can't do Boston. Yeah. Hey, with the 
No, it's, no, New, it's York. just New York. So, so uh, he gets Baby Yoda. Boom. That's the thesis of the show. Mm-hmm. Here is this stoic, never takes his helmet off, badass with a baby. Yes. Just the cutest little baby. And, and the whole show is about Mando and Baby Yoda's relationship. Because he is so out for himself, ruthless killing machine, and he's this adorable baby. Both Both of them are Baby Yoda, and then also the Mandalorian is there. Oh, you're talking about Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda is a ruthless killing machine yeah, but who's come on. only out for himself. Come on. <laughs> so, Oxford commas, use them. Ah, shut the fuck up. Anyways, the next episode is where we start to get into the episodic format. Yeah, so a lot of the episodes are something is wrong with Mando's broken down jalopy of a ship. Mm-hmm. They establish that it's like a piece of junk and it's pre-Empire, which means that it's got to be like 25 to 30 years old or something. However long the Empire lasted, at least long enough for Luke to become an adult. Yes. This is like a Clone Wars era ship mm-hmm. and it breaks constantly. And in or episode two, a bunch of Jawas strip it they for parts. ravage the ship. And he tries to fight a sand crawler. Yeah. And so begins one of my favorite parts about the Mandalorian. He he fluctuates between being a complete badass and an absolute putz. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of the two. He's either, like, taking out a platoon or, like, he's getting his ass handed to him. And this episode, he gets his ass handed to him constantly. By Jawa. Or yeah. the sand crawler. He's, like, crawling up the side of the sand crawler and they all just blast him. Mm-hmm. And he... How does he... He falls from the top of yeah. a sand crawler onto rocks. Yeah. But he's got that Baskar. Well, not then. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's got a shitty armor oh. then. And then he goes back to Queel... Because they gotta took, barter with him. Yeah. He tries to barter with the Jawas. They're like, we want Baby Yoda. And also, so, he murders so many of yeah, them. Yeah, he like goes up on a cliff and vaporizes like six yeah, or seven. Yeah, it's hilarious. And they're all running around like, ah! And yet they still barter with him. I also love in that scene, they kept showing Baby Yoda being like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get him. But yeah, Baby Yoda sees incredible violence and never reacts to it. <laughs> or he reacts in like a very funny way. Yeah. And so begins, like we were saying in the other episode, Disney is like, we want to show you violence, Mm -hmm. but we do not want you to, like, think too much about it. Don't think about the fact that our lead character just vaporized Mm -hmm. a bunch of children in robes. Basically. Well, that's how you play a Jawa. They get a bunch of kids. Oh, my God. I think. I think they're children. They might be um, little people. Is that the right word for it? People dwarfism? I don't know the proper... I don't, I don't know want to be offensive. if you want to cancel Patrick, now would be the time. I would but say. either way, I think it's children that they put in the Jawa costumes. <laughs> it's so funny. And he's just... <laughs> just vaporizing mm-hmm. them. And, then, and, and then, they and they make... They scream. Yeah, ah! And they just disappear. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's amazing. He's like, they got a barter, and we find out a little bit about him. They're like, you gotta drop your weapons. He's like, weapons are part of my religion. Yeah. Cool. The the line he's introduced to us with is, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. And it's a really cool line, it comes back later. It sure does. But they're like, alright, listen, if you're not gonna give us any of your objects, you're not gonna give us Baby Yoda... Here's what you gotta do. You gotta kill this monster. You gotta go fight a mudhorn. A mudhorn and get its egg sack? You gotta get its egg, yeah. Yeah. Its hairy egg. It, which, you So know. begins Mandalorian the side quest. And he's like, fine, I'll fight. go do that. And he's standing outside the cave. 
The Mudhorn comes out. It's the huge monster. It's like all over him. Baby Yoda's just watching him get his he ass really kicked. He really gets his ass kicked. Brutal. Like he gets he gets his armor thrown around out. and his armor all gets destroyed. His chest piece gets like twisted and shit. And he's like, well, I guess I'm gonna die. Yeah. And then y- Baby Yoda just closes his eyes and raises his little hands. His, his wee little his claws. His wee little claws. He's so cute. Pauses the mud horn. He lifts it. Long enough for uh, Mando to like stab He stabs it. it. Stabs it. One of the things I love about this show, I don't think this has ever been established in the movies, but in the extended universe, all the blades in the Star Wars universe vibrate. They're called vibroblades. Oh. And they all vibrate super fast so they can cut through more stuff. And all the blades in this show vibrate. And I was like, oh my fucking god. That's such, it's so cool. I don't, I don't remember that ever being in the movies. I remember it's just in like. Because in the movies, they all had lightsabers. Yeah, like why would you need a knife? Yeah. But in this, because like later the Gamorreans have axes that are vibrating. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's not even like, they don't draw attention to no. it. They just do it. Just another detail that they picked up. Which on. is awesome. So he kills the Mudhorn. He kills a mother. Gets, yeah, basically. <laughs> He stabs it, but you don't see any blood. But it's no. pretty violent. Oh, God, yeah. It's violent. It's not a good thing to be a monster in the Star Wars no. universe. No, absolutely not. So he gets the egg, and the Jawas eat it. Slice it open, eat it, give him back parts of his shit. He flies from whatever that planet was back to Navarro. Quill helps him fix his ship. Yeah. And then he says, hey, Quill, why don't you come with me? And he goes... I have spent a lifetime trying to be free and give some weird speech. You didn't like that as his character? No, I I loved it. I loved it. Oh, well, you were very mocking. I I can mock something and still like it. No. Okay. That's why we're not friends. Quill gives a beautiful, impassioned, amazing speech that stuck with me for the rest of my life. Why are you so quiet? You like the, the don't yell, don't scream into look at just look at the waveforms. All, right, all right. When they when you can't see them, you're whispering. Quill gives this fucking amazing speech. This is actually an appropriate level of speech. Really? <laughs> yeah, what you were doing just I there. also just I don't want to wake up the neighbors upstairs. They're really nice. Dude, it's it's nine o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, but they have young young children. They're I you don't go to bed at nine on I'm gonna, Friday. I, I quit the podcast, dude. I thought you were in the military. You are specifically <laughs> terrible this episode, and every time you're too quiet, it takes Zach more time, and we won't get the episode. What out. do you think we're paying Zach for? To not. Uh, what you want to make his job easy? Yes, bro. A- anyway, Quill. <laughs> Quill. He doesn't want to join the crew. Yeah, and then Mando leaves. Goes back to Dave Navarro world. Dave Navarro? Dave Navarro was the guitarist in Jane's Addiction, and he was briefly in Red Hot Chili Peppers. And every time they say Navarro, I thought of Dave Navarro. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, hey, that's just, you know, how my brain works. Goes back to Navarro. Carl Weathers is like, you did it! Uh, Mando! Yeah. Welcome. But he's so so great. He's great. He's great. And he goes to give the kid back to Werner Herzog, who is so excited. He's so excited. He's like, ah, we have the baby! <laughs> and gives him, he's like, here's your Baskar. And it's a whole bunch of Baskar. Just a whole bucket. Just a big old like a, bucket. Like a Star Wars bucket. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then, and then uh, Mando has... Well, he gets his new armor. He gets his shiny no, chest but plate. But before, before he does, he says... What are you going to do with Baby Yoda? And Werner Herzog goes, 
I don't how, think... How, how uncharacteristic of one of your kind. Yes. I thought you were more discreet. Yeah, something I'm like Werner that. I'm Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> Mando is like, oh shit, I really care about this kid. Oh fuck. So he takes back the Baskar to the other Mandalorians. They melt it down, give him a new suit. Uh, we get to find out his backstory because anytime he gets a new piece of armor forged and the lady bangs on it with her, I almost said gavel, um, <laughs> with her anvil hammer, every time it goes clang, we get a flashback scene to him as a, as a wee little boy being attacked by the droid army. Yeah. Oh, is that why he doesn't like droids? Wow, it's like you don't watch the stuff. Oh. Yeah, that's why he doesn't like droids, because the Droid Federation attacked his home. Damn. You didn't notice, like, the B2 battle droids that opens the door? I did, but I just didn't make the connection in my mind. You didn't make the connection. You know why? Because I was... as a little boy, I was still... he gets attacked by droids, and now he does... You're the therapist! I was still thinking about how much I hated the Iron Giants. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. All right, fine, fine, Pat. You pick up on all the details. It is so spelled out. It is not a. I'm so- sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like I, I was thinking about this. It's like his like one character trait. So, okay. <laughs> you know what? Like you're so bad at this. I. You know. Why did I pick you as my partner? When I when I watched. You know, I'm not even gonna defend myself. I don't have to. <laughs> I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that this Star Wars series would be that detail oriented. Well, it was that there would be like motifs and reasons, and not just some guy saying I hate sand. <laughs> right? I mean, you don't realize that the prequel trilogy was about a wreck. <laughs> oh, I very much know that. I was <laughs> That's like your favorite thing to bring up. Is no, it kind of is, right? Not but, kinda. But I'm not gonna go back and watch those. I'm gonna make you. Let's do them for the podcast. I hate those movies. They're so hard to watch. I will. So he leaves Werner Herzog and he gets his new armor. Not all of it. I think he still has like his leg piece isn't. Yeah. But whatever. He gets his new fancy armor and then he gets in his ship to leave. But there's like a little ball on the stick shift. Yeah. On his hoopties stick shift that baby Yoda kept playing with. And he looks at it and he's like fuck i'm gonna have to save that baby i'm gonna have to throw away everything i've ever believed in yeah to save that little baby Mm -hmm. and he does and he just fucks up that whole town that whole goddamn town he breaks back into the fortress kills a bunch of imperials kills a bunch of stormtroopers who always die such and he kills uh when he goes into the stormtroopers there's the little the weird uh sparkly eye robot oh yeah he kills from jabba's palace it's like me too yeah and he just rips it right out kills it murders that droid he goes on an epic killing spree steals baby yoda from the imperials and then i think Think he's leaving the town and all the bounty hunters little fobs are like beep 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 beep, 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 beep. and they all kind of start congregating him around around him and it's kind of like uh any other western mm-hmm. like the shootout at the okay corral yeah. it's our one gunslinger versus like 30 mm-hmm. and he jumps into like uh it's like a droid driving like a cargo freighter it's like a pickup truck yeah like a, and he just starts murking <laughs> 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 while 
holding Baby Yoda. Pew, 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 pew. And even Carl Weathers is like, you gotta give up the fucking baby. I love Carl Weathers. Yeah, he's, he's great. Oh, so much fun. And he fights, and then we have a nice shooting gallery, mm-hmm. and, and then, then all the Mandos. Yeah, Mando is pinned down until all of his fellow Mandalorians show up and save him. With jetpacks. Yeah. And and they're they, all land. Uh, <laughs> and they kick some serious ass. And then there's the big one yeah. that he had like an argument with earlier. Yeah. Oh, earlier he the big one comes in and he's like, "Why should you get all that Beskar? It's not fair." And then she's like, "Have you ever taken your helmet off?" He's like, "No." And she's like, "Have you ever had your helmet removed?" And he's like, "No." Nah. Like, this is the way. And they all they all repeat the little. Yeah. But that guy has like a massive minigun with a mm-hmm. backpack. Oh, it's so cool. Just mowing down yeah. people. And then they're like, all right, Mando, you should uh, ski-daddle. Yeah, get out of here. And and he goes on the run. Mm-hmm. So that chunk, those three episodes are like the plot yes. for season one. And then he goes on a bunch of episodic adventures. And he does three in a row. Yeah. He does the the... It's literally like out of a samurai movie. Shows up to a small provincial town full of... Like farmers? Water farmers. Like the Japanese influence was definitely there. Mm -hmm. Of like rice paddies and like... That town had almost... Without being overt, definitely had like a samurai feel to it. And they're being attacked by dog-faced... Dog-faced pony soldiers! Uh But they had like literal dog faces, which I thought was interesting. And an ATST with and, red eyes. And he teaches them how to take down the ATST. With the help of his his new rebel dropper friend, Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. Who I, I thought was a great character. Let's just name the three. Then the second one was the one we talked with the... Jake. Jake about. The Where gunslinger he episode. Goes to, ooh, he goes to Tatooine and he's trying to find money try and find work and this young bounty hunter is like hey can you help me with this job it'll help me get into the guild they track down this like dangerous criminal woman and capture her and then the criminal woman convinces uh jake to be like hey you know you know we'll get you even more respect than turning me in is if you turn in the the mando and jake's character is like you know what i think that's a good idea and then he captures baby yoda and Mando's like, nah, I don't fucking think so. Kills Jake, unfortunately. Yeah. Rest in peace. West, uh, rest in power. Yeah, but he gets his ship fixed. And then, and then the third one, he goes on like a heist mission with a, a oh, group of... Oh, yeah. With yeah. a group of ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. With a... Div- I think they're called Devorians, the devil-looking guy. The Darth Maul type. Not a, no, no, different. Because he's got devil horns and Darth okay. Maul has like little horns. I mm-hmm. think they're called Devorians. There was one in A New Hope in the in the cantina scene. Okay. But they're definitely like a Star Wars legacy character. And then there was a Twi'lek and Bill Burr. Bill fucking Burr. Mayfield Bill Burr. Oh, nailed it. I was right. They're called Devorians. Because, you know, devil. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it? Because George Lucas isn't yeah. really that yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in that episode, they just break a person out on a prison ship, and then they betray Mando, and then he, one by one, captures yeah. all of them. Locks them back into the ship. So, those three episodes are like, I think like, kind of the soul of the show, is like, the Mando shows up somewhere, he's introduced to a new Star Wars locale, and a new, like, person to interact with, and then he does something, a task, 
you know, help this village, find this sniper, break this person out of this prison Mm -hmm. ship. And he just sort of goes along with it, usually against his will. Yes. Uh, You brought up in the car that it seems like the Mando has to say yes. Yes. Which he does for the plot. It kept reminding me of that Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man, because, you know, someone would be like, help save our village. And he's like, well... All right, I have okay. to say yes. Yeah. Um, I, I will say these three episodes, although they were interesting, the stakes didn't feel quite as high because they felt like kind of more side quest-y. So, you know, I thought the one with Bill Burr was really excellent. The one with our friend Jake was pretty good. But like, you know, the whole time I'm just like, what is Werner Herzog up to? <laughs> what is Carl Weathers up to? Like, what's going on here? I definitely felt that way when I first watched it because I was so enamored with the first three episodes mm-hmm. and then they started doing the one-offs. I was like, I, I want more plot. But now having watched the show again, I think I like those episodes best. Really? Yeah, because I just like the idea. I think that's what this like the show is all about. It's about this wandering gunslinger samurai, lone samurai with a little kid mm-hmm. who's just like out there solving problems i loved watching him interact with the widow at the town and being like should i stay and settle down and and raise the bait and raise this little kid and then oh i gotta get the town to fight the dog soldiers and it just had like such heart to it Mm -hmm. i don't know i really liked those episodes for like i can't even put i feel like those were the least war porn it was it's and it's confusing too because like he doesn't murk a lot of people in those episodes. No. In the other ones, they the, like those, the, none of those three really have shooting galleries other than when he fights those dog soldiers. And that's kind of like, well, he's defending this innocent mm-hmm. farmer town. Mm-hmm. So he's like, in those three episodes, uh, episodes, episodes, he's like the good guy. And in the other three, he's like, yeah, is he a good guy? Maybe not. Maybe he is. He's going to kill a lot of people. And now he's turning against the guild and he kills a bunch of the guild members. But in those three, it's like, he's just a, a guy Samaritan. trying to make his way in the galaxy with his, with his little boy. Yeah. Who is a Yoda. It's sweet. It is sweet. One of the things that I think confuses the show is that in those first three episodes, he's pretty merciless. Yes. He's killing those Jawas. He's killing everyone who gets in his way, he kills. Until those three. And then he's, like, softened a bit. Like, he doesn't, like, they betray him on that prison ship. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr and, and his team lock him in a room, and he and he gets out. And then he, one by one, shuts the lights off. It's like a horror movie. Like, yeah, tears behind it's great. them. It's great. The Devorian is, like, he slams him into a bulkhead door. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, the guy, anybody catches it, and you're like, oh, no, he's so strong. And then he slams the other two doors closed. I was like, oh, he's definitely dead. For sure, right? Yeah. But he isn't. At the end, oh, he's yeah, in the they prison show him, cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same with the Twi'lek girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's odd. He, he's very, it's odd he would spare them. Is, he's very hesitant to kill in, the, in that episode. Until the end where he flies back to the... the oh, yeah. And he flies back to his spaceship. He has, like, the beacon for the New Republic, and he just, like, gives it to them, or he leaves it with them. And they just... And then X-Wings come in and just fuck the whole thing mm-hmm. up. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, the show has a very interesting back and forth with killing and violence. I, I feel like not as much in the second season, but in these three episodes specifically, he's very, like... 
I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone who doesn't have to be hurt. I don't want to kill anyone who doesn't have to be killed. But then he'll turn around and be like, well, those guys tried to fuck me over, so I'm going to let them die. So it's weird. I was surprised, and I it almost feels out of character for him to let those mercenaries live. I, I mean, agree. some of them I guess he had a past with, the Twi'lek, but not Bill Burr, not the Devorian. No. He kills the robot. He has no problem yeah. murking the robot. But honestly... Who was played by, uh, oh, what is his name from, from the IT crowd? You don't know his name? Oh, hi. Hold What's on. his name? Let me look at chap. Richard Iota. He played the, uh, the weird bug, Zero, the robot. I don't know how to say I, I, his last name. I don't name. recognize him. You don't recognize him? What else was he in? The IT crowd. Uh... He's like a British comedian. Okay. Great. All right. Well, thanks for making yeah. this. Thanks for just really derailing. Sorry. What was he in? Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Tight. Okay. So what? what's the episode after those three? So um, those, what's that? That's six. So seven and eight are in episode seven. Yeah. Episode seven, I think he like builds a crew. He basically decides that they're never going to stop hunting him. Yeah, so he and needs like, to go back. Oh, Carl Weathers calls him on the on the space yeah, telephone. Yeah, 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 Mando, yeah. Mando, yeah. I've yeah. got a mission for you. Yeah. If you'd be so inclined, I'm going to betray you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come to Navarro with the baby and then and then we'll do uh, you'll be bait and mm-hmm. we'll kill the Imperials together. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and gets um Cara Dune, the dropper. The dropper and then Queel. And Queel. And well Kara's like somebody's something happens with the baby. Oh, I think they're flying. And the baby like is like pulling on levers and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. And she's like, We gotta get a, a babysitter for this kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get Queel. They get Queel. Who fixed who, IG eleven. Can we just talk about that scene for a minute where he like raises IG eleven again mm-hmm. and like gives him physical therapy? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is so sweet. It's amazing. And he's like learning to walk again, and I'm like, oh, they're really building this character up. IG eleven might be my favorite character in the whole show. You say that about every droid. I like you droids. Love droids. I love droids. You love the droid in Rogue One. Oh, great. You loved IG eleven. I love. Is it because you have no personality and you are, in fact, a robot? Dude. Well, no. I hated the Iron Giant. Oh, good point. Well, right? that's because that Iron... That's because that... he was dumb and he ate metal. Because he had. Because he felt love. You love lifeless, I loveless love robots. I love lifeless, killing, battle bots. <laughs> because the one you liked in Rogue One was, like, super cynical. Oh, he's great. He's the and best I, character. IG-11 is, like... A murder bot that is taught to be a nurse. Yeah, but he's still a murder bot. He sure is. Oh, he's so sick. Oh, and he's voiced by Taika Waititi. Yeah. Love that guy. Oh my god. He's, I think, my favorite director. Like, really? hands down. He direct. so he directs the, the finale. episode. The finale. Which is my, I think, my favorite episode of the whole series. Yeah, I would say me too. So this episode, they go into town. Go to Dave and they Navarro. Meet with, they go to Dave Navarro and they meet with Herner Wurzog. Well, first, Carl Weathers is like... Oh, I forgot! Go on. They meet up with Carl Weathers. He's got two guys with him. He's like, yeah, we'll take you to Dave Navarro. And they're having a campfire. And They They go on like a convoy, like an Old West convoy with the Blurgs. Yep. And then, like, a fucking pterodactyl attacks them. I love that scene. It was... Oh, it was great. Did yours... 
Every time I've tried to watch that scene on Disney Plus, it has stuttered. Like the scene is like too much for the the streaming to handle. No, I I don't remember that specific. It it might be just you. I guess. <laughs> Two years apart now, it's happened. Yeah. Um. So Carl Weathers gets attacked by a pterodactyl. He has a terrible wound, and Baby Yoda heals his arm. This was the first canonical use of force healing in the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe, at least outside the novels. Very, very Christ-like. He's so he tried to do it in the first episode or the second episode when the Mando gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He like goes over and tries to do it, but you know, Mando just keeps putting him back in his little floating baby carriage. Exactly. So then the next day, Carl Weathers shoots the two guys he showed up with and was like, look, I was going to betray you, but then Baby Yoda healed my arm, so let's work together. We're buddies now. Yeah. And you're going to trust me for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. We're the best of friends. It's great. Yeah, a huge theme on this episode is uh, enemies becoming allies. Oh, yeah, because the IG unit and Carl Weathers. Bill Burr. Do you mean the show? That episode Bill Burr is not in. No, I know, but I'm just saying an enemy who later becomes an ally. Oh, sure. The lines of, like, who works for who are very blurred all the time. Mm-hmm. So they they decide to go into town, and they meet with Herner Wurzog, who has my favorite line in the Wait, entire... Wait, did you say Herner Wurzog? What is his real name? Werner Herzog. Nope, it's Herner Wurzog. Herner Wurzog! Hernia Wurzog. They go in... And they're negotiating, oh, and he's giving this long monologue, and he pauses, he goes, I would like to see the baby. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see the baby now. I would like to see the baby. And I, like, died laughing, because it's just such a sudden line. Where it's he's like, amazing. He's like, the empire is a very... I would like to see the baby. Yeah. And here's the thing is, they don't have the baby. They don't them. have the baby. They sent the baby back to the ship with IG-11. So right as he's about to open up the baby carriage, he gets a call on his cell phone. And who's it from? It's from Gus fucking Fring, also known as Giancarlo Esposito, Grand Moff Gideon, motherfucker. I I mean, I just, I went from from six o'clock to midnight as soon as he showed up. That fucking actor, man. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. That dude. He's phenomenal. He's amazing. And he basically plays Gus Fring in space. He shows up in a TIE fighter with these dope-ass folding wings. And then he comes out. He's wearing this, like, Darth Vader-looking outfit. And he gives the most detail about these characters we've ever heard. He's like, Cara Dune from Alderaan. It's like, oh, shit. That's why she's been in a mood. Mm -hmm. Because they blew up her home planet. Mm -hmm. And... Din Djarin from blank. And it's like, oh shit, that's his name. Because we yeah. didn't know his yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Carl Weathers. From the Rocky films. <laughs> you're like, whoa. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to kill all of you. Yeah. Oh, he kills Herner Wurzog. Yeah, so Herner Wurzog. <laughs> <laughs> Herner Wurzog's on the phone and he's like, yeah, we, we have the asset. And then... All the Imperials die. There's like 200 stormtroopers outside. Yeah, they all come running in. Moff Gideon shows up and is like... And she's like, he's like, I thought you said it was going to be a platoon. Yeah. And he's he's just, like I said, he's Gus Fring. You have something that I want. You have no idea what you possess. Mm-hmm. He means more to me than you. And that line like comes back later. It comes back later. Ah, oh, so yeah. good. And they're like trapped inside... Like a cantina. Like a, a cantina. 
And then um, the episode ends with Queel like racing home, uh, racing to the Razor Quest quest, the Razor Quest, the wait, Razor the Quest, quest the w- on a Borg. <laughs> he's he's running. And, I, I and then two scout troopers are oh, yeah. following him, and it's like, oh, uh, it's super. Uh, and, but I thought the episode ends. They show Queel. They is just dead. show. Queel gets shot. Oh, I think they ended on Baby Yoda is on the ground and gets snatched. Yes. By a scout trooper. Yeah. And it's like, whoo, if you hurt that baby. <sighs> I remember watching that and I was like, if you, if you hurt that baby, mm-hmm. Disney, I will, I, I will destroy everything. Mm-hmm. I, I am so attached to that little oh, yeah. puppet. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. attached. Uh, oh Yeah. So the and finale begins with uh, it's like the funniest one of the funniest scenes. Yeah, is just two scout troopers. One of them played by oh my god, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, yeah. and what's the other? Um, Adam Pally. Who the fuck is that? I think it's Adam Pally. Who is that? I don't know. They have like a funny little interaction. It's brilliant because he like calls in on the on the comm and he's like, uh, "Can we come in?" And they're like, yeah, oh, well, he just killed the, yeah. he just killed half his platoon. And the other guy's like, did he just say he killed? Mm-hmm. And the other one's like, yeah, well, you know, you know how these guys are. They like to come in. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's just so funny. And then um, he's like, so can I, uh, can I see that thing? Oh, and they're like yeah. arguing over the puppet. And then he punches the puppet. Oh, dude, the guy who punches that baby, I, I wanted to punch that motherfucker so bad. How dare you? How dare you? How fucking and then, dare you? Because Taika Waititi is just they take guy takes out a pistol, oh yeah, and he tries to shoot like a rock and he misses, mm-hmm. and they and then the other one and they both just keep missing, missing and missing. And so and the guy like shakes his gun. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing because <laughs> it's that like because they can't hit shit. Like, Storm, the, yeah, stormtroopers Storm can't. can't hit shit. And then IG Eleven shows up and just murders them both. He's like, <laughs> "I need the baby," except in a New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and they're like, he just breaks their arms and they're oh, screaming. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's what you deserve for hurting the baby. Yes. And then he flies into town and just is like shooting, shooting everybody. Shooting, shooting. It's so cool. And baby Yoda's like, the wind's blowing in his face, and yeah. he's like, "Yeah." And then Mando and all three of them kind of come out into the foyer, and Mando grabs yeah. the E web and he's shooting. Yeah, just mowing guys down. And, and she's shooting with her like modified. Oh, it's she's so got sick. like a machine gun blaster. Oh, it's so sick. And and then um, Grand Grand Gideon, Gideon Grand Moff Gideon sends in a flame trooper. Well, he throws a grin. Oh, he shoots the E web battery box and it blows Mando like up. And then they're back into the cantina, and a flame trooper comes in who looks so cool. Yeah. With the does. red accents. And then he just flaming him. Baby Yoda stops the flame and sends it back into him and, and like blows him up. And he lights on fire and explodes. So they're like trying to escape into the sewer. Which and, felt very a new hope. Yes. Into the garbage chute. Into shoot. the garbage chute, yeah. And Mando's like, look, I'm hurt. You're going to have to leave me. And that scene, like, legitimately. Got me. I don't know. There's. It's just like, wow, he's willing to literally lay down his life so that these other people can survive. He does that a lot. But there, going forward, it really got me. I think, was that the first one where he's like, I'm going to put myself in harm's way? I think. for I, He might have done it in the village episode. I don't, I can't recall. 
But he's like, you guys go, I'm gonna stay here and die. And then the robot's like, I can fix you, but you gotta, you gotta let me take your helmet off. And he's like, I'll kill you. I can't let any living thing see my face. And the robot's like, well, good thing I'm not alive then. And just yeah. takes the helmet off. Well, but, okay, this was the one scene in the first season that I thought was a little dumb. Because it's like this huge buildup. What does this, what does this look like? <laughs> and then they just take his helmet off and it's just a guy. I loved that though because he looks terrified. Like he takes his helmet off and he's just some guy and he's terrified to have his helmet off and he's wounded and bloody and he has a little mustache. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of... There's this scene, I don't know if it's in Last Jedi or Force Awakens or one of those where Kylo Ren takes his mask off for the first time. And you're like, oh my god, it's so (laughs) dramatic. And then it's just Adam Driver's stupid face. How dare you? And like people in the theater were laughing. Yeah, I mean, he... (laughs) It's just like... But that was the point. What? What is the the point? point was that he was... I feel like people miss this, is that like Kylo Ren is a sad little... Like, yeah, he's he's like this little fanboy, and he's just like an angry teenager who really wants to be evil, and he wears this mask with a modulator that he doesn't need, and then as soon as he takes it off, it's like, oh, you're just like a whiny dude. Yeah, but that's the point. He's supposed to be kind of like I know, but why have it's just something about the dramatic build up to the unveiling, and it's just a guy. Well, what did you want it to be? Just like fucking like alien like tatted scar like weird looking like eyes rolling in the back of his head and you're like whoa that's a mandalorian but it's just a guy well i mean first of all they're wearing like impenetrable armor so it would be weird if he were like all fucked up <laughs> it's like well what i know it's not very useful then yeah, i don't know i I don't know. I like that they're just people under there. Yeah, I at first didn't like it, but I came around to it. I didn't like... I like that he's kind of shitty sometimes. I think it makes it interesting that, like, you don't know if he's going to make it Mm -hmm. through this because he's often kind of outclassed. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's getting by on the skin of his teeth every episode. Like, he barely gets by. Yes. But anyway, so IG-11 fixes him with Bacta. (laughs) Bacta. And then they're on, like, a lava boat. With, like, a stand-up R2-D2. That was sick. When it it, it stands up. And um, there's a bunch of stormtroopers at the end of the river. And they're like, fuck, we're not going to be able to take them down. And then IG-11 is like, I will sacrifice myself to take them out. And he's like, but you'll die. Yeah. I love you now. And (laughs) IG-11 said, it is my protocol to protect this baby at all costs. Which I get. Yeah. I'm down with that. You want to blow yourself up to protect Baby Yoda? Like, I'm on board. And it was it was a really powerful scene. All of it worked. Absolutely. That's... Because, that, like, let's be honest, that robot has a really stupid face. Yeah. Oh, the eyes the, that, uh, the, like... With the twisty eyes, and it's I just, like, I didn't like, like weird... the twisty eyes. Just... I like them because they're weird. Yeah, but it looks silly. It does look silly, which is why I kind of like it. Because yeah. it's, like... I like that unit because it's, like... There's no frills. Mm-hmm. It's just like here are two arms and a torso and like a, a cone head, and it's just like this thing is designed to kill. Yeah, not to interface with people like a protocol droid, not to fool people. It just this dude, this dude, Mercs. But ultimately, he makes just a 
fucking heroic sacrifice. He walks through the lava. Yeah. And he's like, did it remind you of like Terminator yes, 2? Yes, 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 absolutely. Where he's slowly sinking into the lava. Ah, oh, that's then great. He blows them all up. Yeah, and, and, and it's like, his heroic deed is still like murdering 20 people. <laughs> all those stormtroopers got to go. Yeah. And then so they get the, one of the best lines. They get out into the open and a TIE fighter swoops by. And they're like, what are we going to do? And Carl Weathers goes, get the baby to do the hand thing. <laughs> yeah. Baby? Baby, do the hand thing. Oh. And then the baby waves at him and he goes, well, I'm out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Just brilliant. We forgot to mention that when they're in the sewers, they, oh, yeah. they meet the head lady Mandalorian. All the other Mandalorians are dead and their armor is like stacked up. Mm-hmm. And the head lady Mandalorian is like, look, you got this baby. It is your duty, your mission as a Mandalorian. You are like this father's child yeah. now father's child father's child i'm having a stroke yeah, i've been okay. having a slow it's stroke okay. she's like you got to return it to its kind that's your mission and he's like you want me to bring uh an enemy you want me to find a race of enemy sorcerer and she's like yes yeah basically that is your new main quest and then she gives him a jetpack she gives him a jetpack and she's like you are now a clan of two the Mudhorn Clan. Yeah! And gives him a dope-ass insignia. It's great. One of my favorite things about Star Wars is that everything in Star Wars is fixed with a stick that makes sparks. <laughs> it looks like a... Just like... It's like, it's like a little... It, no, it makes intermittent sparks when it mm-hmm. touches things. Han's using it when he's trying to repair the Falcon. And Empire. And Empire. Yeah. And like she uses it. And I'm like, what is... That. It's a sparkler. What is man? that sparky thing? Sparkler. Hydro spanner, probably. <laughs> I'm sure it's got a Star Wars name. She's like, you gotta. You, here's your new mission for season two. Mm-hmm. Return him to his own. Return kind. him to his own kind. So when they're outside of the mud tunnel or lava tunnel, um, he, he, Moff Gideon shows up in a Tie Fighter. Mando uses his jetpack. He he fly flies up, up and he clamps on with his wire. And he puts a bomb on it, and he's like, see you later. And then it explodes. And, and then it, it crashes. And for the first and only TIE fighter not to explode when it hits the sand. Yeah. You ever notice that? When the main oh, yeah. characters are in them, TIE fighters don't explode? Exactly. But at all other but times. Every other TIE fighter is just like, ding, <laughs> Oh, you, gla- you grazed one of my wings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And here was a weird turn, was after all this, Carl Weathers and the Rebel Dropper are just like, you know what, I think we're going to stay here for a while. Look at the views! Yeah, I'm I was like, like... Carl Weathers, okay. this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lava field. But I was like, alright, whatever, they have to do it for the show. And she's like, I guess I'll stay around. I was like, alright, weren't you concerned before? Yeah, she's she's like, like a weird She's twist. like, I'm a, I'm an old, I'm basically a terrorist. And he's like, oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> you can join the guild. And then the scene that like, I don't, it probably meant nothing to you. But for me, I was, when the Darksaber comes out of the uh, TIE Fighter, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> because I knew what the Darksaber is. I don't read, so I didn't know. <laughs> it's in the show. The Clone Wars and uh, the Rebels. Basically, whoever owns the Darksaber is Mandalore. The uh, leader of the Mandalorians. Okay, I just thought it was a lightsaber. No, it's like a special... They're like Mandalorians and Jedi have been fighting for like hundreds of thousands yeah. of years since the Old Republic. And I guess they fashioned the Darksaber for, I think, for the Mandalorians. Or he stole it or whatever. But it's a very special lightsaber that signifies the Mandalore. 
So the fact that, like, Moff Gideon has it means he took it from Bo-Katan, who had it last we saw, and, like, now he has it, and it's like, oh, oh, shit, where's this going? Also, what a fucking shot. Oh, yeah. He, like, cuts himself out, and then he goes and he stands on top of the TIE fighter, and his cape is billowing, and he's got it held off to the side, and it's just like, it's that's a villain. Yeah. That, uh, He's great. Hell He's yeah. amazing. And then, you know, boom. Season, season two. one. Oh, season two. Season one. How, do you want to do we want to talk about season two or talk about season one as a whole? Let's talk about season two. Okay. So we open season two. He goes to like a cockfighting. Oh yeah. With two Gamorians are fighting with vibro axes. Yeah. And the Mando goes and meets a Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, I bet that the Gamorian's gonna die. And he's like, I don't bet. And he's like, I do, and he shoots him. Mm-hmm. And then the Mando, they all have a fight. Baby Yoda does like a cute thing where he's like, oh shit, violence. And yeah. he closes himself off. Yeah, it's great. Mando uh, strings up the Cyclops and is like, you won't die by my hand. Well, the Cyclops tells him where he can find other Mandalorians. Because his whole mission is like, I'm going to go find other Mandalorians because somehow that'll leave me the Jedi. Yeah. Apparently. It's not very clear or whatever, but. And then he uh, strings him up to like a lamp. And then he gets eaten by, like, night wolves. Night wolves. It's amazing. Oh, that was the other thing that really jumped out to me about this show is, and it's another element of Star Wars I feel like they really nailed, was uh, interesting, exotic locations. Because, like, this scene we're talking about takes place in, like, a, it's like a night world and everything has graffiti on it. And it's so cool. It's so cool and interesting. And what I didn't like about the sequels or even the prequels was like, okay, here's Tatooine again. Okay, here's, uh, you know. The, the sequels were like, here is a desert planet. Yeah. It's not Tatooine. Exactly. It's like, but I don't. Well, Jakku looks like Tatooine. Exactly. Or we're, like, here's a forest planet. Again. Well, we're here. It's like. Not not every planet. Remember, is... remember when they go to the the planet that looks exactly like Hoth, and the guy's like, "Huh, salt." Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, come on, come on. It's the same. This show did a really great job because I feel like that's such a huge part of Star Wars: the different locations and like how that system has its own culture and its own life forms, its own vibe. You know, like how cool is it in Empire? When they go to Cloud City. And you're like, whoa, this is... Well, I also miss, like, Tatooine is just, like, a bunch of shit. Like, when they first go there, there's, like... The extended editions have, like, more stuff. Like, Rontos and, and all that other crap. But, like, even the original cut, you see a dewback in the background mm-hmm. that they use as, like, a gigantic stop-motion head. And, and then you go into the cantina scene, and there's just shots of, like, the giant ant monster and the giant, the devil, and the and the band is playing and all that stuff. And it's just, like, different-looking, cool aliens. Exactly. And this show, especially, like, on Navarro, you see so many. You see an R1, the precursor to the R2 astromech. You see Rodians, and you see, like... Jawas are doing stuff. You just see like Star Wars creatures just oh, so just doing stuff like bartering and being in the background. Like they comb through every detail of the original series and like replicated it or expanded on it in this series. It, it's just so well done and just so I, I just appreciate it so much. I All agree. Right. 
So the first episode, he goes to, he goes back to Tatooine to look for a bounty hunter. Oh yeah. He talks with oh what's her name? She's been in a few episodes. She she yeah. voices Princess Caroline from BoJack Horseman. Is she a comedian? She's like a comedian and actor. But she go he goes and meets with Princess Caroline, and this time oh my god the pit droids. Yeah, from I episode love one. Pit droids. I know people don't like episode one, but I loved the pit droids from episode one. I think they're adorable. Yeah. And they make funny little noises and, when, and you when you poke them in the nose. And when you them in the nose, they like, <sighs> like clamp up and all that shit. Yeah. And, and he comes back and she's like, no, he doesn't like droids. And he's like, ah, might as well give him a once over. I actually like droids now. And I love that she was like, oh, you like droids now. You hate droids. You like droids. What's going on? Yeah. Is that her? No. Her name? Amy Sedaris. Oh, that's Amy Sedaris? Yeah. The, she played uh, uh, Strangers with Candy. What? Did you ever see that show on Comedy Central? I did not. Oh. She she played... It was about like this old... Like this 40-year-old woman who returned to high school. Oh. It was, so it's... It's whatever yeah. that Adam Sandler movie is? Yeah, yeah. Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Oh, wow. That's David Sedaris' sister. Do you well, know David Sedaris? I mean, probably by face. No, he's a, he's an author. Oh no! Then. Look who reads now, motherfucker. Still not you. Oh, I've never read any of David Sedaris's short fiction. I am appalled. Anyway, so they, he takes the speeder and he he drives out into the wastes. Moss Espa. Moss Espa, out past the Dune Sea. And there's a guy who's like, oh yeah, the marshal around here wears Mandalorian armor. And he's like, it's like hell yeah, and he turns around. And it's a tall guy wearing Boba Fett's shit. I knew from the moment he was, I was like, that's not Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's too big on him. Yeah. He's got like a cant to him. What's that actor's name? I don't know. He was really good. Cobb Vanth, I think, was the... Uh, Timothy Oliphant. Tim- yeah, that's... Which is the best last name. Oliphant sounds like some sort of uh, Middle Earth elephant. Yeah. Is you... that what the elephants in Middle Earth were called? No, they were called Mumakills. Do you know how I know that? You are making that up. There's a grindcore band called Mumakil. M-U-M-A-K-I-L. Look it up. Look it up right I'm now. I'm looking it Look up. Look it up right now, motherfucker. Oh my god, they oh, are. Bitch. Oh, bitch! Oh, on. that's Olaf. right! They're that's... also known as Oliphants. Oh, shut the fuck no, up. No, look. Known in Westron as Oliphants. Oh, we were both you... right. We were I was both more right. right. You were not I more right. I was more right. right. You've never been right about anything because you're... Because I'm what? Because I'm Jewish? Is that what you're gonna say? How dare you? I was gonna say gregarious. Same thing. I can read your coded language. I did. I did totally apply that. (laughs) Because I was like, I wonder if he'll if he'll if he'll take this. No, if there's one thing us Jews If there's know, one thing that a Jewish person ought to know, it's the name they, of the elephants in Lord of the Rings. Exactly. How dare you? Exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> so Timothy Mumakil is wearing Boba Fett's armor. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Mumakil. Yeah, that's his name. That's his name, bro. Okay, this is the most pornographic. Like, he comes in and he's like, hey there, friend. Yeah. And he sits down he takes his helmet off, so the man is like, he's like, oh, you're not a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And he goes, take it off, or I will. Yeah, it's pretty... And I was like, ooh! Like, if you would put in, like... Mm, yeah! And I was, it's, it's, uh... 
You tell. I, but that's that's the thing about westerns is they always were kind of homoerotic. I was gonna say that anytime two men square up, it's a little homoerotic. Yeah. It's always like you want to go, bro. It's like you come. You want a often. piece of this? Yeah. Oh, you about to break off more than you can handle? <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you mean like violence or <laughs> like with your with your wiener? <laughs> Why do you think Brokeback Mountain was made? Cowboys. Cowboys are either going to fight or they're going to fuck. fuck. (laughs) Or both. Strap in. Buckle up. And just as they're about to like shoot each other with their their, semen. (laughs) An earthquake happens. Yeah. And Timothy Mumakil. Mumakil's like, like, oh yeah. Raises a finger. And Mando's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I yeah, I can kill you later. I'll kill you later. Let's see what the... the... And and they they kind of mosey outside. And like... Okay, I I love the Tremors series. Oh, I think that Tremors is a perfect movie. I'm not joking. I think the original Tremors is legitimately a perfect script. Everything in there is so tight. Like, every line of dialogue, every little thing. Like, there's like a, a broken Coke machine in the beginning of the movie that pays off later in the movie. It's brilliant. It's stupid, but I love it. Okay. All the sequels are dumb. The first two are kind of fun. There's the, the the trilogy, the original trilogy is what I fell in love with, and now there are like seven or eight of them. I never saw that. The You've never were, seen it? Kevin Bacon fighting a ground worm? Oh. I've never seen it. You, oh, we so might I, have to do it for the podcast. We might have to do Tremors. Yeah, so the crate dragon is this giant. Well the so dragon. the Tremors movies are about a gigantic underground worm that eats people. Yeah. This is clearly an homage to that. The one thing it made me think of was in Beetlejuice, when they go to Saturn, aren't there giant earthworm slug thingies that eat? I've never seen Beetlejuice. What? We can't. Don't say it a third time. (sighs) Really? You said it twice. I I feel like you would like it. I mean, I maybe I've seen parts of it. I don't think I like that style of like Tim Burton-y... You don't like like German expressionism? No. Do you like Nightmare Before Christmas? Not, but I like it fine, but I don't like the aesthetic. Oh, that's it's, the best it's like, part. It's like, I don't like the creepiness of it. Oh. Like the... The mise-en-sance of like... I hate mise-en-sance. Oh, bro! I know. It's bro, just, you're it's killing... Too, it's too The visceral. cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, I hate it. Oh, my God. You're the worst. This is not for me. It's spooky. It's I don't not, like spooky. You don't like spooky. Well, you did say you didn't like horror. I hate horror. But this isn't like horror. The only horror I like is like Cronenberg-y. Like, it's got like this aesthetic to it that I just, it's like textured in a way I don't like. Like Uh, all of it. Like, uh, I don't like the stripes. I don't like the clashing colors. You don't like Jack Skellington? You don't think there's not something about? No, I don't don't even like the hill that he stands on. Oh, the the hill. With the weird curly You're going to hate on the hill. I just don't like it. I'm going to die on that hill. I'm going to die on that hill. That's the... It just... It feels the way I don't like um, cotton balls. I don't like touching cotton balls. Because they're just... They've got a... Have you ever robo-tripped? No. Okay. Eh. No. I I want the second time I robo tripped I watched that movie. I'm more of a <laughs> LSD sort of guy where I like well, yeah. colors and sounds yeah. more than like but David Lynch can go eat a bag of donuts. I you know what? I I I feel that. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. His movies are perfect, but I will give you that. 
I don't know even no. know if I've seen a David Lynch film. Really? He's probably not. I bet I'd hate them. Like his all his movies are based in like dream theory. Ugh. Yeah. So they don't make sense. I would hate it. You would. You would really hate it. I'm sure, dude. I would. If we watched Blue Velvet, Blue, you'd be like, "Why is he hitting that woman? I don't <laughs> like this." I, I wouldn't. That's what we're gonna we're gonna watch next week. We're gonna watch Nightmare. We are Christmas not. And oh, Blue Velvet. Maybe Nightmare. Yeah, and then Tremors. What... We'll throw you a bone with Tremors. Okay, so this gigantic ground dragon swims by through the center of town and then it eats a bantha. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it was so cool. And Cobb Vanth is like, listen, if you help me <laughs> yeah. kill this unbelievably large dragon, I will give you the armor. And Mando, without even a hesitation, is like, okay, deal. Yeah. I'll blow it out of the sky with my ship. And as, he's like, yeah, as if not. As if that would be easier than to just shoot this shoot guy. Shoot this guy and take the armor. I'll blow it up with my ship. And he's like, that's not going to work. It's got to be a really convoluted plan. Mm-hmm. So they go and they meet some Tuscans, And we find out there's been like a tiff between the Tuscans and the town. Like, the Tuscans were clearly Native Americans. And mm-hmm. the town is like the Old West. Yes. And we got to get the cowboys and the Indians to work together get to fight it. But then like to fight a monster. It, like again, like Samurai Western. Like, they set up like giant crossbows. and Yeah. It's a very convoluted fight they set up all this dynamite to blow up the crate dragon's belly it doesn't work and then mando's like you know what i'm gonna let it eat me and then it it so begins mando's weird obsession with self-sacrifice yeah. at the end of each episode where he's like i there's no time to explain take care of the child and then i did like that he hits the jetpack which is an like a, a little oh, homage yeah, yeah. to when boba fett like yeah. something's wrong with that jetpack man Get in return fixed. of the jedi because han like backs into it with his elbow and it shoots it off i think right? he's holding some sort of gaffy stick mm-hmm. or something i read here's a fun interesting fact because later in this season we're gonna see that boba fett is pretty much an unstoppable juggernaut badass mm-hmm. and everyone's like well then how did he get like screwed over by random chance in the novelization <laughs> um actually in oh, yeah. oh, my God. so in the novelization it's said that boba fett is unstoppable in combat however han has smuggler's luck and was also blind so it's only through blind luck that he was able to defeat boba fett boba fett's only weakness oh, is blind luck Do, who isn't that neat i kind of like that who out there who <laughs> Who is that, like, appealing to? I don't... Well, because... Who it, the fuck out there is like, um, well, you know, me. Boba Fett... It, 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 I like oh. it. Well, dude, because it makes no sense that Boba Fett is, like, this unstoppable armored juggernaut, and he just gets defeated by accident. Yeah, but sometimes that happens. Sometimes yeah. unstoppable His only... The soldiers. only thing that stops him is blind. Because Han definitely has, like, smuggler's luck. Yeah, but do you really need that spelled out for you? In the expanded universe, it's implied that, like, he manipulates the Force a little so that things just kind of go his way, which is why he's able to, like, look over, no-look, single-snipe people in the face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or how he's always, like, getting out of, you know, wacky situations. Or you could just be like, it's a movie. (laughs) No. No. Dude, they have made, like... So first of all, Boba Fett has like two lines, and they spun out an entire series yeah. of similar-looking armored men. Well, it's like I said, some guy in 1979 designed a cool helmet, and somehow it turned into an entire television series that has like taken the world by storm. 
Yeah. So. Just a T-shaped visor. Yeah. He was like, oh, this looks cool. And it's like, okay. <laughs> now. We're going to make an entire race, race of T-shaped yes. visors. It is a fucking cool helmet. It is so badass. The armor is dope, too. That like little oh, yeah. diamond in the center mm-hmm. and the massive pauldrons on the shoulders. And especially when um, there are two actors wearing it, as we learned in our... Oh, yeah. With uh, Jake. With Jake. So the guy who physically plays the Mandalorian... Sometimes. Sometimes. Is John Wayne's grandson. Yes. Because... Adding that cowboy authenticity. Yeah. Because John Favreau and Dave... <sighs> Dave Maloney? Filoni. Dave Filoni. You're never going to get hired on Star Wars at I, this rate. I'm not. They were so dedicated to recreating that Western feel that they were like, we need to get the ultimate cowboy to play this guy, and who better than John Wayne's grandson? Exactly. And I think he does a phenomenal job. Yeah. He's very staggered. I, I have to say, like like John Wayne's grandson, who physically plays Mando on Sometimes. screen, his body language is great, because it'll communicate. Like, I, yeah, both of them. Whenever Pedro's in the armor, I think he also does a fantastic... Fun, fantastic. Fantastic time. Yeah. They're getting a lot communicated with really subtle, mm-hmm. like, looks of the helmet or just not moving. And I think he, he also, he's much more stoic at the beginning of the yes. seasons and he kind of grows. And the more he spent time he spends with Baby Yoda. So they, they kill the crate dragon. Love the crate dragon. He gets the armor, gets Boba Fett's armor. And then we see Boba Fett. At the end of the episode, standing there with a gaffy stick, just sort of looks at the camera like, I'll be here later. And then uh, the Mando heads to Waterworld? So the next episode opens with him driving a speeder bike. He gets attacked by bandits. Uh, he kills a bunch of them. And then one of them tries to take oh. his jetpack and he like shoots it into the sky. Yeah. And kills this guy. <laughs> and, he, and like Baby Yoda makes a face and he's just like, he kind of like shrugs like, hey, sometimes murder is funny. Yeah. Anyone who tries to kill Baby Yoda dies, dies. a brutal death. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You threaten Baby Yoda. Yeah. You're going to die now. He goes back to, he walks back to Mos Eisley mm-hmm. like a badass. And then he goes in and Amy Sedaris is playing cards with a giant ant yeah. from A New Hope. Oh, yeah. That was, I was like, oh, this is neat. It's so Oh, there was something that started in season two that I feel like wasn't as big a problem in season one, is that they started to jam specific Star Wars stuff. Like, in the first season, it was like, here's a Rodian, here's a Twi'lek. It makes sense, because there's so many Twi'leks. Mm-hmm. In just the season one episode, or uh, season two, episode one... We have Boba Fett's armor. Mm-hmm. Cobb Vance's speeder is made out of Anakin's oh, yeah, pod, pod racer. racer. Yeah. Amy Sedaris has the R5 unit from A New Hope yeah. that still has the bad motivator stains. Yeah. And like that ant. And I'm like, these are all specifically from the movies. It's not like, here's an R5 unit. Here's an R2 unit. It's like, here's... The are because in my brain I was like, how fucking small is Tatooine? Yeah. Is there only the one sand crawler driving around? I assumed there were thousands Many. because it's like a planet, but it kind of seems like there are two towns. Yeah, if that's I the think case, because they go over the there's like Moss Eisley, Moss Moss Magma. <laughs> the other one I, I think has been referenced before. 
Yeah, there were three cities. But yeah, you're right there. Oh, the other one is from um, The Phantom Menace. I don't think they're in Moss Eisley. Or maybe there's a different town in The Phantom Menace. Some Moss. Moss Pelgo? Yes. That's Nailed it. it. That's it, bro. And Moss Espa. But yeah, they're starting to incorporate stuff from the movies. And it didn't annoy me so far, but I think it has the potential to annoy me. Especially as we go along in this season. Mm-hmm. So the second episode... So he gets like the coordinates for a new planet, but he's got to bring a passenger. And it's a frog woman with a bucket full of oh, eggs. Oh, yeah. Who, I love her. Come she on. was great. I hated Baby Yoda eating her eggs. It felt really like gross. She's this lizard woman who... She's a frog. She's a frog woman. Frogs aren't lizards. She... They're amphibians. Yeah, so are lizards no they're reptiles the fro- lizards are reptiles and frogs are amphibians okay what you know patrick if it's we're like gonna being... do dinosaur facts we could just go on your tiktok neither okay? one of them are dinosaurs oh my god birds are dinosaurs <sighs> okay milky way you know what we're... tune in next week we're gonna watch planet earth with sergeant patrick waller or whatever staff sergeant staff sergeant how's that milky way this is delicious it looks really good you want a piece yeah i'll take a fucking piece i'll get you from the end i didn't bite no i want the end you bought bit i bought both you bought both ends. there you go actually you bought it (laughs) i did yeah you're welcome prick thank you the guy was like (laughs) (laughs) the guy was like is this all together? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something really nice. I'm going to buy this $1 <laughs> candy bar. Dude, come on. <laughs> That's our new corporate sponsor. Guys, this one I'm ready to know. This episode is brought to you. Milky Way. By Milky Way. Milky Way, man. A caramel that melts in your mouth. That's so good. What is in a Milky Way? Caramel. And um, nougat. You say caramel? Yeah. You don't say caramel? I don't say caramel. Get the fuck out I'm of not, my apartment. Because I'm not a piece of shit. Car- it's, it's caramel. No, it's caramel. No. Well, I'm having a really hard time getting mine down. Dude, yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Oh. Hold on. Hey, if you want to hear us eat more things, <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash warporn. And this week, we're going to be dropping... Our interview with, I thought you would... Toro Calican, a.k.a. Jake Cannavale. We had a a Zoom interview with him. It's like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Yeah. Where we talked about being on the episode and all all sorts of really cool behind-the-scenes stuff about episode five, The Gunslinger. Yeah, and he, I mean, not only was he in it, but he's a huge Star Wars fan, so he gave us, like, all this insight onto working with John Favreau. We got to ask, like... A lot of questions about the Baby Yoda puppet. Oh! I I now know so much more about the Baby Yoda puppet than I ever knew. And it's so cool. Yeah. And let's not spoil it here. Give us $3. Yeah. It's really worth it. It's really worth it. So, Mando's flying. Mm -hmm. Baby Yoda's eating the eggs. Every time he does, it plays like a little leitmotif. Yeah. And it's kind of It's kind of. It's a cute leitmotif that, that comes back in the finale. It's just... Really gross to me yeah. that this woman is like, this is the last of my brood. And if I don't get them to this planet, my line will die. And then Baby cut Yoda to Baby Yoda just it. eating them. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. 
And he's like obsessed with them. Um, then they run into a couple... You didn't think that was weird at all? Oh, no, I thought it was very disturbing. <laughs> they, yeah. Oh, well, good. Finally, we... I thought we would talk about it more. I mean, what, what, you know, what, what is it like a, a like a pro-life statement? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, it's weird. Baby Yoda likes to eat things. He'll Baby eat Yoda does like to eat things that are alive. And it's like, it's kind of... Gross, but he's so fucking cute. Like, he'll turn around and have, like, half a frog hanging out of his mouth. And you're like, you're the only son of a bitch in this world who could get away with that. Right? <laughs> it just also, I, I like to imagine that this is what Yoda was like. Yeah. For, like, a really long time. So, so they, they're flying. They run into two X-Wings. I really like this because this is the first time ever that the New Republic slash Empire is... I don't want to say they're portrayed as bad guys, but they're like our protagonist is antagonized by them. Does that make sense? Yeah, they are an obstacle in his way. And so he can't just shoot. He doesn't want to shoot them. Yeah. So he crashes into this ice planet to shake him. That was a very cool escape scene. Oh, yeah, they're right. I I I I made a TikTok about this. I struggle with the X-wing pilots because I don't like that they're portrayed as like beat cops. That like I love that. Well, I just I don't want X wings associated with the police. Yeah, I would have preferred. I, I was excited to see X wings when they pull up and they're keeping tandem with him and they're chatting back and forth. I was like, oh, this is so cool. But then I was like, why would you use? And I've gotten into so many fights on my TikTok. I'm like, why would you use uh, the equivalent of like an F sixteen to patrol like freighters? D- okay. It's the fucking galaxy. I just mean like there are other ships that would make more sense. How are they going to arrest that guy? I think you just have a personal connection with the X-Wing. It's the coolest starship ever designed. And you don't want it to be used in like a way that's associated with the police. Yes, that's also it. But I just don't think it makes... Don't you think like a Y-Wing or or that's a bomber? Those are bombers. Like maybe the V-Wing... Or the U-Wing rather? V-Wing's not real. The U-Wing from from Rogue Squadron. Patrick U-Wing? No, not Rogue Squadron. Rogue One. The, their ship from Rogue One. The, uh, like, personnel transport that they flew around in. With the with the pincers that, like, you know, fold to the back. Kind you of know, look like we a... could split hairs Do you forever. seriously not remember that ship at all? No, you are really. definitely playing... The U-Wing? Yeah, the new ship the... from Rogue One. Their, sh- their main ship from Rogue One. It had wings from the front that would fold back. There was, like, a door gunner at the end. There's no way. We talked about it for 45 minutes. Bring it up. How... <laughs> How do you have a worse memory than me when I have brain damage? I, I'm I'm baffled by this. We literally talked about Star Wars U Wing. There it is. Oh. I don't know. You don't think that you makes don't patrol the galaxy in that. It's got bullshit. more space. It could you could arrest someone in that. How are they gonna arrest someone in an, in an X Wing? I don't know, bro. It's a single seater. That thing you can get up, move around. Really? Yeah. The whole fucking movie takes place inside of it, Gene. Really? That's How it? we it's been like a week. I swear <laughs> to god you don't watch the fucking movies that we You seriously don't remember this ship? Like there's I so do many... remember, but it just doesn't look that spacious right there's now. There's so Google. many scenes inside of that ship. But look, it has just the one cockpit. It I it the I need whole... a scale. Ro- <laughs> I'm gonna use that. 
What do you mean you're gonna use the bathroom? I'm gonna use the fucking bathroom! We're in the middle of an episode! Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the War Porn Podcast. Not a whole lot of housekeeping notes today. Just wanted to let you know that this is part one of a two-part episode about The Mandalorian. Uh, We're going to be dropping the other episode soon, maybe before Monday, uh, if that happens. Because who knows? I am Chaos Incarnate. Uh, We did just drop Mad Max Fury Road on the Patreon. I told you I would do it, and it has now been done. So... Uh, literally no one was getting on me about this, but I am still gonna act like you were. It's done. I did it. Happy now? Good. Wonderful. I should have thought about what I was gonna say before I started this. Anyway, uh, we also have an exclusive interview with Jake Cannavale on the, who played Toro Calican on The Mandalorian, which we recorded right before this episode, which you're gonna hear all about because we talked about it in the episode, but if you wanna see... Either that or Mad Max Fury Road. Give us $3 at www.patreon.com backslash warporn. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, Send us an email if you have any suggestions for further episodes or stuff you want to see. And uh, yeah, thank you for supporting us. And a big thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you so much for money. thank, Thank you for the money. Anyway, uh, oh, and this episode has been brought to you by our lovely editor, Zach Aries. Thank you so much, Zach. He's the best. Enjoy. This is the theme song. War porn. War porn. Song. <laughs> 